0: Welcome to the Your Virtual Upline podcast. My name is Bob Heilig, your host and the founder of Your Virtual Upline. This is the podcast for the new wave of network marketing leaders that want to make an impact and aren't just building a downline, they're building a better world. Join us each week and learn how to build a profitable network marketing business that gives you complete freedom so that you can give back to the world in an even bigger way. Welcome to episode 90 of the Your Virtual Upline podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about money mindset. In today's episode, I am going to help you master your money mindset. See, almost everyone has limiting beliefs in the area of money and success. And whether you know it or not, these are oftentimes a huge reason why you struggle in your business. And I know in my own personal life, these limiting beliefs around money and success were something that held me back for years. And I never even realized that I had issues when it came to money or creating success in my life. And today, we're going to really break this all down for you. But let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about here. Some of the most common limiting beliefs around money are things like money can't buy happiness or money is the root of all evil. So many of us have heard this all the time. The more money you make, the more problems you have. Mace and P. Diddy made that famous, mo' money, mo' problems. I can't believe I just said that. Anyway. Here's another one. Someone should do it all for me, right? A very common limiting belief is not taking responsibility for your money, expecting someone else to do it. Another one is I'm just not good with money. I know so many times we find ourselves saying that wanting a lot of money is selfish, is a common limiting belief. And then another one is I'm just not blank enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not as ambitious enough right this is where we have these issues of self worth and i can go on and on and on those are just some of the more common ones but i'm telling you many of you that are struggling right now i can almost guarantee that you'll find what i did that you have some major limiting beliefs around money that are holding you back almost everyone does and in the episode today i'm going to share with you my own personal journey with money and i'm going to give you a five step process to help you become aware first and foremost of these how these limiting beliefs might be playing a role in your life, but then also how to overcome them and help you finally break through that almost seemingly invisible force that's been holding you back in your business. And I'm telling you, this is going to be a very powerful exercise for any of you that are willing to take it on. I I just want you to know, I've spent a tremendous amount of time preparing for this training. So, it is my greatest hope that you get as much value out of this process as I have in my own life. But let's start off with defining a limiting belief. I love, uh, of all the different explanations I've heard, I love how Tony Robbins describes a belief. He says that a belief is a feeling of absolute certainty about what something means, it's a feeling of absolute certainty about what something means. Now here are the three key words in that statement. What something means. See, what we have to understand is there's what happens in life and then there's the meaning that we assign to what happens. So when something happens to you in your life, you and only you get to decide what it means. But when we form these limiting beliefs, what we do is we decide to assign meaning to things that happen to us that are disempowering and limit us in our own potential and our own capabilities. And when we look back, what we find is that most of us have experiences in our lives, and most of the time you'll find it's in your earlier developmental years, that caused us to assign negative, limiting connotations to making money Or becoming wealthy. And these limiting beliefs, these meanings that we assign to money and wealth, have a profound effect on the way that we show up in our businesses and in our lives. And here's a great analogy of how to think about the power of limiting beliefs. Having limiting beliefs around money and success are like trying to drive a car. Imagine you're in a race and you're driving a car with the parking brake on the entire time. See, it doesn't matter how hard you work or how bad you want it, without addressing these limiting beliefs, it's always going to feel like an uphill battle. How are you going to win the race with the parking brake on all the time? And a lot of you don't even realize it's on. This is the power. See, when you finally become aware, though, of these limiting beliefs and you become intentional about deciding to assign a different meaning. Because remember, that's what beliefs are. We decide. When we make a decision to say we want to assign a different meaning to money and success, you're going to be amazed at how much more effortless your business becomes. So let me, if you permit me to, let me share my own personal story when it comes to this subject, my journey with money. I think a lot of you are going to relate to this, and and my hope is that it will help you identify some of your stuff. So like most people, my limiting beliefs around money came from my parents. And I think most of you are going to find when you dig it deep into the subject, you're going to have probably a lot of the same source, or at least some sort of an early figure that was influential in your life. And when you start thinking about these people, there are usually specific incidents that you can recall from your childhood that involve your mom and dad relating to money. And there's a reason why you can recall these. Now, a lot of times they're not in the front of our mind. They take some actual quiet time of reflection and thought, but they usually do come to the surface. And there's a reason why, because these were the defining moments for you. And I'm going to share mine with you today. For me, it starts with my dad. So, my dad, love him to death. Um, you know, I am the man I am today in large part to my dad. He's an amazing person. He's a gentle soul. He's kind. He's empathetic. You know, he's everything that I aspired to be. But he worked incredibly hard in his career. He worked for the local electric utility company. And a large part of my dad's career that I can remember growing up, he worked shift work which meant that there, you know, he worked all kinds of crazy hours, the midnight shift, the day shift. Occasionally, he'd work normal hours. But there were weeks at a time where I barely even saw my dad because of this schedule. I could remember maybe passing him on the way to work, and then that was it. And he was always picking up extra shifts, working overtime. For some reason, I just always remember that. My mom, she didn't work. She stayed home with us. And I'm going to always remember my mom telling me, dad's working overtime again. Dad's working overtime. Because um, look, he worked really hard to provide for us. And look, we lived a typical middle class life. I have no complaints. I'm very grateful for the life that I lived as a child. I never really wanted for much. You know, If my neighbor had something, I usually had it within reason as a little kid. But what I didn't understand at the time is my dad worked really hard and we you know, just got by to live that lifestyle, right? But it was very clear to me that money didn't grow on trees. And that statement has a, is very profound for me because it's something that I heard a lot. And I bet a lot of you heard similar things from your parents. Money doesn't grow on trees. That always hear that anytime i wanted something that was a little bit out of you know the range of what would have normally been acceptable and the other thing that i remember very vividly i can remember my mom and dad sitting around at the kitchen table once a month when it was time to write out all the bills write the checks for the bills and my sister and i would be playing down in the living room but it stands out i can always remember them talking about paying the bills and complaining about how they barely had enough money to do that. And I always remember them saying something to the effect of, we just never have any extra money. And anytime that my sister or I wanted something extra, it was always that, you know, we, we just don't have that kind of money, right? It was that we don't have that kind of money. There There were certain phrases that you heard over and over again. And then, but for me, what I was watching is I was watching how long and hard my dad had to work just to get us to the point that we were, which was being able to get by, but yet we still didn't have any money. And as a result of all of this, I formed this limiting belief that becoming successful and making money was very difficult. And it took a tremendous amount of time and hard work to get there. I also unknowingly developed this other limiting belief around money, That in order to be successful, in order to make money, you had to be willing to sacrifice in the area of your personal life and family. Because that's exactly what my dad had to do in order to provide for us. And he provided for us great. But once, like I mentioned earlier, there were weeks at a time where I barely even saw my dad because of his shift work and all the overtime. And another memory, like I said, when you go through this process, you have these memories surface up. And another memory that's crystal clear in my mind regarding money and my parents used to happen at the same time every year, which was August, when, if you can guess it, what happened in August every year for a young boy or a young girl? Yes, school shopping. My parents had to take me shopping for school clothes. And let me just say this. I don't think my parents would be listening to this, maybe they do. But if they are, God bless both of you. I can only imagine what it must have been like to put up with me going school shopping. The horrific experience that this was every single year, I'm sure. They probably literally fought over it at night while we were sleeping. I'm not taking them. You take them. I'm not putting up with that. And it was was just because I was that difficult. See, here's the problem. I liked nice things, right? And we used to do our school shopping at Kmart. And the problem was, I didn't like anything at Kmart. I'm sorry, but it just was what it was. Right, I could remember us driving, and I was miserable in the car. And I'm sure my mom—it was usually my mom that took me. My dad won out because he was working a lot. But I'm, my mom's probably so stressed out driving. Like I can't believe I know this battle is going to ensue. And it was like she's building it up. And then we'd walk through Kmart, and you'd see the red light special. You'd see the little the, li- the little red light shining around. It's like sale, sale, sale. And we'd walk through the big metal racks. I remember the big circular racks with the clothes. And I remember as a little kid, I would hide in the middle of them, right? Trying to get away from my mom during this horrific experience. But you know, my mom would walk around and and she would say, how about this one? And I'd say, no, how about this one? And now I don't like the color, I don't like this, right? It, It didn't matter what it was. There was always something I didn't like and she would get so frustrated with me. And I can remember her always saying things like this to me. She would say, what, what do you think we're rich? Because like I wanted, for me, it was like the ocean Pacific pants I wanted. Like straight up, I would have been cool with one pair of pants. I, I'm like, mom, I don't want the fight. just get me one pair of nice pants. I'll wear them every day. But obviously like a good mother, she's like, I, I'm not gonna, I can't do that, right? That's, that's like abuse almost, <laughs> i on that. But in my mind, that's what I wanted. But what would happen is she would say, you know, what do you think we're rich? Or she would always say like, you've got rich people's taste." right? She would say things like, you know, you better make a lot of money when you grow up. And these things really stuck with me. It was almost like it made I felt wrong or bad to want nice things. Or even more so, I felt as though I wasn't worthy of having these nice things that I want. And she would always say, you know, you better make a lot of money when you grow up with that taste. And then when we finally did find something to get, I mean, I, I think basically what would happen is I would just get so emotionally and physically broken and exhausted and worn down. I would finally just agree, okay, that'll work. And we would walk over to the back of the store. We'd go to the layaway window, which basically meant that the store would hold it for us. We couldn't even afford that at the time. And we would come back and make payments on it. And and this is this battle would ensue every single year. And it was a miserable experience for me as it was for her. But the point of me sharing this with you is that these were some of the experiences that unknowingly really shaped my mindset when it came to money and success. So some of my limiting beliefs around money became, number one, money doesn't grow on trees, right? That, that money is a limited resource. Another one was that in order to make money, you had to work long and hard. A third limiting belief that I developed is that I just don't ever have any extra money. I'm not, I'm not good with money because that was the, the tape that played over and over with my parents. And then the fourth thing is I'm not worthy of the things that I wanted. It was an issue of self-worth. And these things went on to have a major effect in my relationship to money throughout my life. And look, I'm not blaming my parents. Obviously, I was the one that was making the decisions, not them. And, you know, they were, quite frankly, they were brought up in a different time. It was a different era back when they were younger. And, you know, there wasn't as much abundance and affluence. So they were a product of their environments just as I was of mine. If I'm honest with you, I had a very terrible relationship with money for most of my life. I would even go so far as to say I had a complete lack of responsibility and respect for money. It didn't matter how much money I made growing up. I spent it right away. So it always seemed like I didn't have any. When I graduated college, I you know signed up for every credit card I could get. I spent money I didn't have. I didn't pay the bills. And I completely ruined my credit. Didn't even bother me though. I didn't see anything wrong. I would have friends of mine that would be like, they would miss a credit card payment and it would literally be like it was the worst thing that ever happened to them. I would literally just completely blow it off And I'm not proud of this, right? I'm just trying to be real and be honest with you so you can understand my journey. But in my mind, I didn't see anything wrong with that. That's how screwed up a relationship to money that I had. And I remember sitting there at the age of 30. I was completely broke. I was living on a friend's couch. And I remember looking back and thinking to myself, I am no better off at the age of 30 than I was at the age of 20 after working almost a decade. And I was living a life of complete financial chaos, taking zero responsibility for my actions. And like I mentioned to you earlier, I just accepted it as normal because I can remember, I just never had any extra money. There was also another really powerful force that was playing out for me that I really think you need to understand. And I want you to think maybe a little bit differently about if you can relate to anything that I'm sharing with you. My financial chaos and my irresponsible spending were deep down stemming from a lack of self-worth. Like I mentioned to you earlier, I didn't feel I was worthy of nice things, right? And this really manifested itself in my early days in my network marketing business. And here's how it showed up. I struggled my first year. But when I finally started to see things happening, like even every time I had even the slightest hint of success, I would do something to completely derail it. I'd get a big bonus check and then literally go blow it all on the stupidest stuff. Like literally the day that I got it, I could remember, I remember one instance getting like a $4,000 bonus check. It was the biggest check I had ever gotten in my network marketing career. And being so excited, right? Now, what would a normal person do? A normal person would probably say, well, huh, I should probably put some of this away, you know, a little bit more security, maybe go pay some of my bills off, give me some more stability. But that's what a person that would do that had self work. But for me, that's not what I did. I went right to the King of Prussia mall. I bought a bunch of $100 t-shirts that I was going to wear to go out. Yes, I did buy $100 t-shirts. My good friend, Tim, and I joke about this all the time. Like, what was wrong with us? We would buy a t-shirt, we would go out, wear it one night, and then never wear it again. Because who could wear the same t-shirt two times in a row, right? But this is what I would do. It's like so insane when I look back at what I would do. But here's the thing. It stemmed from self-worth. And here's a very profound and powerful thing that I've learned about self-worth. Your self-worth will build your net worth. See, here's what happens. We tend to spend more when we feel less than. And this described me to a T, right? I thought buying things would make me feel better, but they very rarely did. And this lack of self-worth that I had, it almost made me allergic to money. Anytime I had money in my bank account, I got a nice bonus check or something good would happen. That number that I saw, it wasn't consistent with my view of myself. So I immediately went into let me go get rid of this and make some stupid decisions mode. And I would spend it all. I'd return to my normal state of financial chaos. And as strange as it sounds, that would feel more normal and comfortable to me than actually having the money. And this was a vicious cycle that I was on for over a decade of my life. What I didn't realize at the time is what it also was, was just a way for me to keep myself living small. My lack of self-worth and being absolutely terrified of success, because deep down, I didn't think I deserved it, kept me in this financial chaos and this holding pattern in my life. And that was really kind of my story in my early days of money. But I want to point something else out to you. So when we talk about overcoming limiting beliefs, when we develop these limiting beliefs around money or any other area of our life, there's another very powerful force that comes into play here. It's called confirmation bias. Here's how it works. So we form these limiting beliefs around money or whatever else. And then what happens is confirmation bias kicks in. And what we do is we seek out to find things around us that support our beliefs. So it's almost like these limiting beliefs we have become self-fulfilling prophecies. Every destructive thing I was doing in my life, to me, it was just further proof to myself that my beliefs about money were true. And when we talk about confirmation bias, it played such an important role for me reinforcing this limiting belief that I had of in order to make more money, you have to work longer and harder. And here's how this came into play. My early mentors in network marketing all very much shared the same limiting belief about money that I had. And it was poured into my head that the only way you make more money in a business like this is you must work harder, do more meetings, more meetings, more meetings. And a lot of these successful leaders, I'm using air quotes here, They had absolutely no personal lives. And many of them came from broken homes and and divorced and broken families as a result of their business success. And I can remember even in the early days of when Facebook and social media were starting to pop up. And I would think, man, this seems like a really great opportunity. I can vividly remember my mentor telling me, don't waste your time on all that stupid stuff playing on the Internet is not going to make you money. You need to do more meetings. And there were many weeks where I'd be away from home in other people's living rooms, five, six, sometimes seven days a week. The running joke that we all had was, geez, we joined a, air quotes again, home-based business, and now I'm never home. I mean, it's funny to say now, but it wasn't so funny back then. The quality of life that I had was not very good, but all of this stuff, to me, it was just further proof of what I learned from my dad in those early days. The only way to become successful was to work tons of hours incredibly hard and be willing to sacrifice your personal life and your family, and here was the big issue with this. It started creating a ton of internal resistance inside of me related to becoming successful. See, the reason was, I was like, man, I'm already working so hard and I'm barely making it, and so you're telling me, I'm working this hard now, if I want to be as successful as them, I've got to work even that much harder? And I would think, what the heck is my life going to be like? I joined network marketing because somebody told me I could have freedom. This ain't freedom. This is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And this became a major source of why I was a master at self-sabotage in those early years. Because here's what I found, your beliefs will always rise to the surface at some point. It doesn't matter what you say you want, it's what you truly believe to be true that will ultimately rule the day. See, I was working hard, but the parking brake of my limiting beliefs was keeping me stuck. And I'll be honest, it took me a very long time to finally realize and become aware of this and overcome these limiting beliefs in my life. And here's what I wanna do now. I wanna share with you the exact process that I personally went through to help me overcome these limiting beliefs. And if you're up for the challenge of going through this process yourself, I know that many of you will find this, as I did, to be one of the most important things you'll ever do, not only in your business, but in your life. So let me share with you this five-step process for overcoming your limiting beliefs around money. Step number one, you must become aware. You have to at least become aware that these limiting beliefs exist because most of us, we don't even know they're there. And it's said that most of our beliefs are established usually by the age of eight. So these things happen very early, and it's primarily based on the environment that you were brought up in. So I'm going to give you an exercise right now to dig into your beliefs. Here's what we'll do is, for those of you that I know a lot of you listen to this on the go, what I'll do is this, is if you go to my website, right, bobheilig.com, there's a section on there for the podcast. We'll even link it in the show notes for you. But what I'll do is I'm going to create a PDF for you that has this five-step process. So if you're listening on the go, you don't have to pull over on the side of the road and write it down. Go to my website. We'll have a link where you can download this uh, you know, this little guide here, which will kind of walk you through all of it. But let me kind of give you an exercise now to help you dig into your beliefs. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out a blank piece of paper and I want you to write the word money right at the top. And on the left side of the paper, I want you to write mom and on the right side, I want you to write dad. And on each side, I want you to write down what you think their beliefs are or were about money. What were the things? that they said to you all the time. For me, money doesn't grow on trees. We just don't have any money, right? These were the things I heard over and over and over again. What were the things that you heard? What did your mom say to you? What did your dad say to you? I want you to sit and really think, what is it that you heard about money growing up? And I'm telling you, these things, you may not have made the connection before. But these are the very things that have shaped your limiting beliefs around money. And I almost guarantee you, every one of you has some. Now, go through that exercise. And maybe if some of you struggle a little bit with that, here's another way to identify your limiting beliefs about money. Finish this sentence I'm not financially successful because blank. I'm not financially successful because blank. Whatever you answer as blank, I guarantee you is part of a limiting belief you have around money. Or I'd love to have more money, but, right, for me, I would have said I'd love to have more money, but I'm not really willing to work or sacrifice enough to get it. That would have been my answer in terms of my limiting belief. So between either of these two exercises, I really want you all to sit down and think about this. Because that's step number one is you must become aware of what they are. Here's step number two. You need to change your thoughts. You need to become responsible for each and every one of your thoughts. Winston Churchill said the price of greatness is responsibility. And I will tell you, the price of you building the business and the life of your dreams is becoming responsible for every single thought you entertain in your mind. You need to pay attention. When money or success comes up in your mind, what do you think about it? Start becoming, a pay attention, become aware, and be responsible for changing your pattern of thoughts. Step number three is, in addition to the way you think, you must also change the way you talk about money. See, here's the very powerful part, a thing about words. Words reinforce our beliefs. So the way that you talk about money is really, really important. Start to pay attention to not only what you think about money, but what do you say? What are the conversations around money that you're having? Hold yourself accountable, right? Here's a a great exercise. Over the course of a week, anytime you, you, you say or think something related to money, write it down and i think it will become very eye opening to you because a lot of you have these negative thought patterns and these negative conversations that have just unconsciously become a part of who you are and you don't re- you don't realize the power that they have over your life and then once we help you put your new beliefs in place which we'll go over here next what you then need to do is you need to force yourself to tailor your language and your thoughts to support those new beliefs so when you're con- you'll be conditioned, you'll immediately go into that negative thought, that limiting belief, the, that conversation, you have to catch yourself and you have to say, let me replace it with the new thought, with the new conversation. And that's step number four. Step number four is changing your beliefs. And so let's talk a little bit about how do we do that? Well, first thing I think that needs to be said is what is the difference between a thought and a belief? How do we change our beliefs? Well, here's an easy way to do it. A belief is just a thought that you make real or accept as truth. I love this quote by Esther Hicks. She said, a belief is a thought that you just keep thinking. So here's all you have to do is define your new belief, assign a different meaning to money and success, and then just keep thinking that thought over and over, force yourself to keep thinking that thought. And what will happen over time is that will become stored in your subconscious brain. It's like every time you force yourself to think that new thought, it strengthens that new belief. And once you get it to the point where it's strong enough, it becomes a part of your subconscious, and that's when this really starts to take effect. And then we get into step number five, which is reprogramming your brain. And that comes as a result of replacing these beliefs. So we've we've helped you, number one, identify your limiting beliefs around money, right? Thinking back to your early childhood. And here's what I then want you to do. So I want you to get out as the final step here. I want you to get out a new sheet of paper. And I want you to go back to your, you know, you wrote down what were your mom's conversations about money, what were your dad's. You identified hopefully at least two or three different things that came up for you. And I want you to write each of these down on the left side of this new sheet of paper. And I want you to fold the paper in half. And on the right side, I want you to write out your new empowering belief, around money. So if you have been following me and you've listened to this podcast, basically what we're talking about, everyone, is we want you to take your red light story, which was, is your limiting belief about money, and we want you to write your green light story. Let me give you some examples of how this might work. So let's take my limiting belief that I had of you have to work longer and harder to make more money. That would have been on the left side of my paper. Here's what I replaced it with on the right side. That working harder has nothing to do with making more money. Money is a result of two things. The amount of value you put out into the marketplace and the number of people that you serve. I replaced this belief of working harder, more time, more effort, with the belief that income is a byproduct of impact not working harder. See, when I took on this new belief, and I asked myself, well, how can I impact more people? I said, wow, there's this thing called social media. There's this thing called live video. What if I use that as an amplifier to impact more people every day? I don't have to work harder, I work smarter. And that helped me overcome that limiting belief. Let me give you some other examples. If one of your limiting beliefs around money is money is the root of all evil, replace it with something like this. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And that think about money like this. In the end, money just makes you more of what you already are. And if you don't consider yourself evil, if you consider yourself a kind-hearted person who wants to do good in the world and wants to make an impact, which I guess almost all of you are, because if you're not one of those people, you probably don't listen to my podcast. But if you truly have a heart to do good, then what you understand is money is a vehicle to allow you to do good on a higher level. Money allows you to impact more people. The more money you have, the more you can give away, the more people you can help. So it's not the root of all evil. Let me give you another example. Maybe you have a limiting belief that money can't buy you happiness. That's a very important one. I'm pretty, there's a, is, is there, I'm pretty sure there's a song. Anyway, I'm not going to sing again. Replace it with this. Money can't buy you happiness. How about replacing it with a belief like this? Money gives me freedom and the ability to impact the lives of others on a bigger scale, which leads me to living a more fulfilled life I don't know about you, but you've heard me talk a lot about this. Fulfillment is way more important than happiness. Happiness is temporary. Fulfillment is the thing that truly allows you to leave a legacy, and that's the fuel we want. So if you want a more fulfilled life, make a bigger impact, more freedom, more money allows you to do that. Or maybe you believe this, it's selfish. Yeah, but Bob, it's selfish to want a lot of money. I find a lot of people that are brought up in... Um, in an environment that is very uh, based on religion or, you know, a lot of people view almost like poverty as something that's like you should seek for that. And, you know, so maybe it's like it's selfish to want a lot of money. When so many people don't have it, why should I want a lot? That's a limiting belief. How about replacing it with something like this? Money is an instrument to measure an exchange of value. If you impact and add value to someone's life through service, You should get an equal amount of value back because what you don't understand is if you add value, if you serve someone and you rob them of the ability of giving you back an equal amount of value, that's not a fair exchange. See, you serve, you add value, you must give that other person the right to equally give you value. And that's what money is, it's just an instrument, it's a transfer of value. So it's not selfish, it's actually just to allow If you add massive value, the just and the righteous thing to do is to allow that person to transfer that massive value back to you. And if that's through the instrument of money, then so be it. And then finally, if you're like me and one of your limiting beliefs was, I'm just not worthy of money or success, here's just simply start recognizing your own value and start keeping track of how you add value to the lives of others. Look, this is where Live video is so important. So many times I coach people to do live video and they're like, I don't think I can do it. I don't have anything to offer. I'm not successful. And then they start doing it and they start seeing these visible, this visible evidence of the lie that they've told themselves. Somebody says that was so impactful. Thank you for sharing that. And that's an example that you do have value. Maybe you coach someone on your team and you give them a a helpful word or something that inspires them to keep going. You just added value to that person. But what do we do if we have this limiting belief that we don't have value, confirmation bias kicks in, and we don't recognize those things. We just look for the examples of like, see, I told you I didn't have any value, but we ignore all of the other examples. So start practicing gratitude for the little things, change that thought pattern, change your conversations, replace your belief. And look, I don't know what yours are. Hopefully, I maybe gave you some ideas to start, but I can promise you this. If you set aside time to go through this exercise, you're going to be absolutely amazed by some of the things that have come up, things that you didn't even, like, I never even thought about creating that in my life. And and look, it's not going to be easy. Because remember, you've spent your entire life reinforcing these beliefs that that were sometimes formed when you were six, seven, eight years old. But the first step is to become aware. And that's what I want to help you do, create that awareness. And remember, a belief is what you decide something means. Make a different decision. Assign a different meaning. You made the belief up in the first place, right? It was given to you by someone else that made it up. You can do it again. Just make it up. Create the green light story in a way that empowers you to success and make sure you have patience to make this work in your favor. It's going to take a while for you to change your thinking, change your conversations. But you can do it. Any one of you can do it. I am living proof that this stuff works. My life has been completely transformed over the last three years because of me addressing exactly what I'm teaching you today. Felt like I was running up a hill on a, on, on a treadmill. I wasn't getting anywhere. I had a boulder on my back for 15 years of entrepreneurship. Then I finally started to understand what I'm teaching you now. And the last three years have been life transforming. And I know that this process can do exactly the same thing for you. So, wow, that was heavy. That was a lot of stuff. Hopefully, um, if you made it this far, I didn't bore you with my stories. And uh, look, my, my hope is this, that by me sharing some of my experiences and being honest with you, that maybe it brings out a little bit of that in you. Maybe it gives you that little flicker, that little spark to say, man, I, you know, I think there's something I need to dig in that area in my life but I urge each and every one of you, do this exercise, go through it, spend some time, and start this process. Hey, I'd love it if you do me another favor. If you got any value out of this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a review in iTunes or wherever you listen. Let me know, hey, here's my limiting belief. I read every single one of these reviews. I love hearing from you. And reviews are really important to the show. So, As always, I so appreciate all of you being here. I love each and every one of you a part of this community. I hope you got a lot of value. I really did spend a ton of time preparing this episode. So hopefully it came across and you found it helpful. And um, I can't wait to see what this work does for you in your life. So as always, thanks for being here. I will see you soon on the next episode.